When the going gets tough, the fintechs get tougher. And in the case of one tough fintech, it's been a battle since 2005 to assert best practices in financial services, especially for those who are unrepresented and need help in dealing with financial institutions. Today, Rochelle Naraki-Gori, the CEO and founder of Spring4, talks about how she's getting it done. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks again for tuning into Bankadelic, now part of the contrarian new media family. And today on the podcast, we are going back, back, all the way back to when I first started doing financial services podcasting and one of my earliest guests, an absolute joy to have on and a joy to have on today, CEO and co-founder of Spring4, Rochelle Naraki-Gori. Rochelle started Spring4 in 2005. She has more than 25 years' experience in public policy, government relations, homeownership, and asset-building skills. That's what led her to launch Spring4. She believes that people experiencing financial challenges need and deserve to be connected to local resources that can help. And you're going to hear a lot about that on this podcast. Rochelle, Welcome to Bankadelic. Hi, Lou. Great to be here with you again. Yeah, it is wonderful to have you back after all of this time. I'm wondering if you can take our listeners through very quick some of the highlights on your growth journey. There has been recognition, and I'd love you to brag on yourself a little bit, so go for it. Oh, gosh, I wasn't prepared for that, but it's good to be here with you. I think that was my very first podcast I ever taped was with you, so it's good to be back. Yes, we've had tremendous growth and tremendous impact over the last several years. We've received a lot of outside recognition and validation of our work, which is super humbling and just really important to our journey as a company. When we succeed, we're able to help so many consumers succeed with their financial health journey. So each and every time we launch with a new client, with a new subscriber, that means potentially millions more Americans are getting the assistance that they need and deserve. So gosh, some of the highlights back in 2017, we were part of 1871's Wisdom program. From there, we were part of Points of Life Civic Accelerator program, which was focusing on financial health in the cohort that I was participating in. And we were actually the winner of that 2017 cohort. So we were named the top venture. There were 12 fintech organizations participating and we were the peer voted winner. So that was super exciting. And then it just continues on from there. I think success builds on success, right? So we're a participant in the first ever 1871 BMO Harris Bank FinTech Partnership Program, which we were also a proud winner of. And that launched our business relationship with BMO Harris Bank. So they are one of our favorite clients and we work really well with them. And as a result of that partnership, we were nominated last year for I believe, a best fintech bank partnership program through the Lendit conference. It's a fantastic roll call of accomplishments. 
being as involved as you are with helping people in their financial journeys. We come to this crossroads with COVID-19. I think six months ago, everybody thought the worst would be behind us, and yet we are in the thick of it. From your perch in financial services, what do you see as some of the most poignant challenges that people are facing right now? Unfortunately, you know, we're six months in and I think we're really at the beginning of seeing the consequences of COVID on people's financial health and their ability to stay current on payments. Some of our subscribers have actually been seeing a really great record of repayment. And I think that's because people received the stimulus payment. They were receiving the additional unemployment benefits, but everything is coming to a screeching halt. People are not working. We have record unemployment rates. And I really wonder how are people going to keep current on their existing payment obligations? So we're kind of worried about what this fall and this winter will mean for people, people of modest means and really every individual. I don't know any person that has not been affected by COVID and the pandemic. So I think this is very widespread. It's very dire. And we need to figure out ways to provide as much assistance for people as possible. And, you know, what we're seeing is a record level of engagement, high increases and surges in the amount of referrals and assistance requested. So we've made over 2 million referrals this year, which is about five to six times requests for referrals and referrals made for financial health resources. Your role, of course, very crucial. You get that unique view of what the financial institutions are dealing with and what consumers are dealing with. How do you think financial institutions can step in to help customers given the unbelievable times we're in right now? Well, first and foremost, I think they need to communicate to their customers, to their borrowers that they're here to help and they want to provide assistance and that there are things that they can do and encourage people to, you know, talk with their banks to make and answer those phone calls from collections or take the opportunity to talk to their banker about the situation that they're facing. So I think a very simple thing to do is to present assistance and resources to their borrowers. It's pretty simple to do, and it really reflects very positively on a bank that does that on their brand. We see it reflecting in customer experience scores soaring as a result of providing resources to their borrowers. Employees who are able to offer Spring 4 feel much better about their role at the bank. They see it providing an opportunity to increase resolution with customers who are delinquent. So there's a lot of different benefits to making that simple offer of assistance to a customer in need. It's really about being empathetic and understanding the customer's journey. Maybe you can highlight for us some of the things that the industry is doing differently since the Great Recession, making an impact on consumers and building that relationship you talk about. I think the industry is so much farther ahead than they were right in 2008 when everything sort of imploded and there weren't really any strategies in place or any you know, standard operating procedures for how you deal with borrowers who couldn't pay their mortgage. And so I think having single point of contacts and having flows to the calls about how to provide assistance and what you need to offer to people who are in trouble 
is in place today. So that's a good thing. Certainly for our subscribers who were already working with Spring 4 prior to the pandemic and COVID, they're in a much better position because they're already able to provide assistance. And in fact, when COVID hit, they moved Spring 4 to their COVID response page. So front and center, they were able to say, we're here to help. And their usage has, you know, blown up. It's skyrocketed because almost every single person needed some sort of assistance. I think another way that it's different is that in, you know, 2008 and with the collapse of the financial services industry, I mean, that really was a housing crisis. And today it's not a housing crisis, right? To me, it's a public health crisis that has really invaded all areas of our lives. And so the financial service piece is just one piece. Perhaps those in the financial services industry can be a little less defensive and they can be proactive and say, and I think they understand, like, we want to be part of the solution and there are some simple steps we can take. And it really makes sense for us to do this for our borrowers. This is to no fault of anyone, right? So let's figure out a way to help people. Let's be innovative. The time is now. We don't need to wait. There's solutions out there. We've been doing this for 15 years. And so we're ready. And that's why we're suited to assist during this time that we could have never anticipated and why we're having such an impact and the benefit. 15 years is a long time by fintech standards. In fact, for many, fintech might have not even been in their vocabulary. <laughs> it wasn't in mine. Don't ask me about my vocabulary. It's uh, <laughs> uh, We're still working on that. But it does come to mind that you can learn a lot in a time period like that. What have been some of the lessons you've learned through Spring 4 and interacting with banks that have helped you to move along and that you think other people in financial services would find useful? Number one, we are always working so hard to be as responsive as we can be to our bank clients. So we really approach everything, like I just said, in a spirit of partnership. I remember the first time we were working on a big bank deal and we were referred to as the vendor. And it, it really kind of shocked and surprised me because I just didn't have that mindset of being a vendor. And I think that has really benefited us because everyone on this team, while we know we are a vendor of a bank, we don't see ourselves as that at all. Everything we do is in the spirit of partnership and trying to make the relationship with our bank, with our client, be the best that it can be. So we work hand in hand with them. I mean, we are super responsive. We hear all the time from our clients about how blown away they are, about how quickly we can develop their custom choices and how quickly we get back to them and just our response time. And frankly, that kind of surprises me. I would think that every organization and every fintech would operate in that way. But unfortunately, I don't think that's the case because we're always hearing that that's a differentiator for Spring 4 and the way our team operates. If you could pass on one thing to your comrades in the fintech world about how to make a difference, how to do good, what might that be? We could use some wisdom right now, all of us. Oh, okay. You have to keep the customer in mind, number one. So whether that's the bank or the end consumer, from day one, we always set out to assist 
the consumer, the customer who is experiencing financial challenges. So everything about the way we operate and our business model, first and foremost, is how does that benefit the consumer, the person who can't pay their bills today? And so, you know, that has been really important to us as a company. And we have never charged per referral because when we started, it just didn't make sense to me that we were going to disincent an organization from utilizing Spring 4 if we priced it out per referral, right? So we want to make certain that if a bank has access, that they can make as many referrals as possible and their consumers, their customers can utilize Spring 4 over and over again if they experience additional financial challenges. So now here we are in COVID where all of our subscribers are seeing five to 10 times the number of referrals being made. So I mean, you could look at it and say, oh, well, we could have made a lot more money during this time if we had charged per referral, but I don't look at it that way at all. I love that we're in service to our clients and they know that they can depend on us to help them when something bad strikes, whether it be a disaster or a global pandemic. So they are free to utilize and move our product around and make it part of their COVID response because they don't have to be afraid that we're charging them on a per referral basis. And in the same respect, never ever will a consumer ever pay to access Spring for referrals. It doesn't make sense. I would not want to have a business model that is charging a consumer that is already experiencing financial challenges. So I'm really proud of the way that we had the foresight at the beginning to structure a revenue model that is appropriately based on consumer needs. You had the foresight. I might say the spring foresight. <laughs> yeah. And you have made a difference. What a pleasure to have you back on my podcast once again. You are making a difference. It is always a joy to highlight your work. Rochelle, thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Great to chat with you again, Lou. Rochelle Naraki Gori is the CEO and co-founder of Spring 4. She is based in the Chicago area. You can look for Rochelle on LinkedIn. Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. Well, if you've been listening to Bankadelic long enough, you know that my setup for the next portion of the podcast will involve some pun with the number three in it. Well, we interviewed someone from Spring 4 today, so maybe Spring 3 bullet points. But that's a little too obvious, especially... Oh, shoot. It's time we begun. Three bullet points. 
number one. A very simple thing to do is to present assistance and resources to borrowers. It's pretty simple to do, and it really reflects very positively on a bank that does that on their brand. We see it reflecting in customer experience scores. Number two. Those in the financial services industry can be a little less defensive and they can be proactive and say, we want to be part of the solution. And there are some simple steps we can take. And it really makes sense for us to do this for our borrowers. Number three. You know, be mission aligned, right? We really need to work with organizations that truly want to assist their borrowers and see that this makes sense for them. And they're willing to change their strategy a little bit because they believe that this is the right way to do things. And they believe that they'll see the impact and the benefit. And now, lose views. A lot of people are comparing what happened in 2008 with the Great Recession and the mortgage crisis to what's going on today in 2020 with the unemployment crisis and economic peril brought on by COVID. There are, of course, similarities. There has been a great amount of confidence shaken within the public and consumers, and also a lot of scrambling on the end of financial services. But as Rochelle Meraki-Gori made clear, there is that one crucial difference, that in 2008, banks created many of the problems that they then had to deal with, whereas in 2020, nothing could be further from the truth. A pandemic challenges everyone on every level. We're not just bankers or service providers or vendors or fintechs or any of the above. We are people. We're people trying to earn a living. We're people with family members and friends who are suffering from grave health situations. We're people caught in the midst of a societal upheaval. Everything seems to be going on at once. It's hard to find reasons to be optimistic. Well, we can be optimistic, and here's why. Rochelle Naraki-Gori, with Spring 4, embodies the spirit that through fintech, we can do well by doing good. We all want to make a living. We want to be successful. We want to launch businesses that work. The question is, how much further can we go and make sure that those businesses work for people and work for a greater good? It's a question we all get to ask ourselves while the nation takes a collective breath or finds itself collectively breathless. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And if you've got a milkshake, I'm drinking. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Contrarian New Media, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.